Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Today we will be continuing Pastor Greg Scalzo's Heavenly Authority Sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 17 on David and Goliath. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg. In verse 12, now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. So we go right from the battlefield, right from the lining up of the troops, the challenge as Goliath would come forth, the shaming and the terror that goes among the Israeli camp, right to David, because God will have the answer to this problem of Goliath in his anointing of David. And we're reminded that David's from Bethlehem, that his father's Jesse, the one with the eight sons, that he's an old man. In verse 13, it says, the three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. And it's right near their home, right? So it makes sense. The names of the three sons who went to battle were Eliab, and we we read about Eliab before the firstborn. Next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. Remember Eliab, remember when Samuel goes to anoint the king, and he knows it's one of Jesse's sons, and he's not sure which one it is. And Eliab comes in, and he looks at Eliab in chapter 16, and he says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. The appearance and the the outward presence of Eliab, the oldest son of Jesse, made Samuel, wise old Samuel, say, this has to be it. This must be God's anointed. And then it says in verse 7 of chapter 16, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. I have refused him. He's not the chosen one. He said, for the Lord does not see as man sees. Very important. And it's important to our study today. What are the Israelites seeing? They're seeing this nine and a half foot plus tall man dressed in multiple pounds of bronze armor with huge weapons, challenging one man to come against him. When Samuel sees Eliab, he sees a strong, impressive man of stature. But God does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but what does God say to Samuel? But the Lord, Yahweh, looks at the heart. So Eliab was not selected, and David was selected by the Lord. So these three sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shammah, are there with Saul, Verse 14, it says, David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So there you have again David doing what was right, humbling himself, even though he was anointed to be king by Samuel, being obedient to Saul as king, being obedient to his father, doing the humble work of tending the sheep at Bethlehem. Verse 16, And the Philistine, Goliath, drew near and presented himself forty days, morning 
and evening. He kept coming out with this challenge. It was getting the Israelites, and he kept doing it over and over again. It was a 40-day test, a time of testing for Israel, what they were made of. Could no one prepare himself for battle against Goliath in those 40 days? 40 days, and he taunts them morning and evening. And obviously they're afraid to attack all out. There might be skirmishes between the two troops lined up against each other, but they're afraid to attack all out as an army, and they're too afraid to accept this individual one-on-one -on -one challenge. It's a tormenting test to the Israelites. And there are tormenting things in life. And you picture that Goliath teasing, mocking the Israelites. There are some things in life that are like Goliath, the Philistine, that are physical and spiritual tormentors. Even as it's a parallel of the unclean evil spirit that's tormenting Saul, right? As Saul has gone away, he's tormented by the spirit. As Israel has gone away, they're tormented by the Philistines. And they're tormented by this Goliath. And the devil seeks to put things in our path that just makes it miserable to live. People and situations that torment us. Verse 17, Then Jesse said to his son David, Now notice, it's Jesse telling David. This is not David's idea. This is his father's idea. He says, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. These are directions given by his father. David is being obedient. The purpose is to feed his brothers, to feed their commander, and also to give information back to the father about how they're doing. There's nothing in this for David, and it's important to know that because of what's going to follow. Verse 19, Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel, Saul and Jesse's three sons and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper. Notice as he leaves the one obligation to the sheep, he doesn't just push them aside and forget about them. He's careful enough to make sure there's a keeper among his father's staff to watch the sheep. That's how careful David is for detail. That's how dutiful he is. That's how responsible he is. And maybe one of the first characteristics we can say is that David is responsible, he's dutiful in the small things. He understands and accepts without complaint his responsibilities. That's maybe an unseen thing in this contest between him and Goliath, but it's important. For heavenly authority, for Christian leadership, the person must be dutiful, respectful, understanding obligations, discharging stewardship, being responsible even with the small things. He's even concerned for the sheep that he makes sure that when he follows his father's direction, he still has somebody there keeping an eye on those sheep. And he took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. Jesse commanded. And he came to the camp 
as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. So it seems now they're getting ready. It seems like they're getting closer to a confrontation. They're out there ready to fight. They're shouting for the battle. They're working themselves up. And what happens? For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words, so David heard them. Just as they're working themselves up to go out and fight those Philistines, Goliath marches out, and he makes the same challenge, and you know what happens, they shrink. Notice how the presentation or the appearance of his power is enough to depress them. And sometimes when we have something tormenting us over and over again, and the problem seems nine feet and a half tall, covered with bronze that we can't penetrate it, we can't solve it, we can't touch it. It's the devil's way of bringing that problem out over and over again, that just as you're ready to do the Lord's work, just as you're ready to go into battle, you see it again, it's overwhelming, it's monstrous, and you just become broken down and you pull back. Not a, a blow has been thrown here, but it's psychological warfare. It's spiritual warfare. And the devil's very good at this against Christians. To taunt, to mock, to present an overwhelming image. And we try to get ourselves going and, you know, we read all types of Christian books on how to get ourselves going and we're just ready to go and then the problem seems even bigger and we shrink back. But God does not see as man sees. And David, who will be a true leader, doesn't see as the rest of Israel sees. All the Israelites, all his sons, the Israelites, David's older brothers, they all see Goliath and they shrink. But David does not walk by sight. So David heard them. And all, verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. They fled. Fear overwhelms them. Fear comes upon them. And they're helpless. They're powerless. And not a blow has been thrown. And in comes David, this dutiful young man. You think about David, you think about Joseph, right? He was someone like David, the son of Jacob, who went around about his business, his father's business. He was a good kid. And what are the other brothers? How do they treat him? They were jealous. They hated him because of it. You think about later on Daniel over in Babylon who discharged his work. He wound up being uh, the advisor to several kings even though they were in captivity. David's of that bent. And he comes along. He hears this. He sees the response of the Israelites that they pull away. And he can't understand it. The men of Israel said in verse 25, have you seen this man who has come up? 
Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. And they're talking about it. They're talking about Goliath. Goliath has monopolized the conversation. Sometimes these troubles can so make us ineffectual because the problem takes every waking moment that you have. You should be thinking about other things for the Lord. And this torment of this Goliath captivates, takes all the conversation, all the energy, and you see the Israelites sitting around talking about this problem, talking about this man, Goliath. Do you see him? If someone only could go out and kill him, look what Saul would give. Saul will give great riches. Saul will give his daughter. So they get great riches, they get a royal marriage, and they get exempt from taxes, tax exemption. How much better could it be? And yet none of us will do it. Nobody will, will do it. Apart from the power of God and faith in God, believers are overwhelmed. We're dreadfully afraid of the things that Satan will send against us. And it's a horrible place to be where Saul and the Israelites are, that they're stamped, they're labeled as God's people. Yet, they're not truly dedicated vessels standing in God's power. This is a good point at which to leave the sermon. If you would like to write to us, you can reach us at Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. For Sunday service, we meet in Madison, Connecticut at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane at 10 a.m. Please join us next time for Shear Jashub.